0: Shalom Baruch Huarab, the masech, is getting daf nun zayin. Today's daf discusses Unklus interviewing some Rasha. before converting, we learn about the destruction of Har HaMelech. We learn about the Messias Snefesh of, of a uh, couple who was captured, the, uh, even greater than Yosef at Sadiq. We learn about when there was a, a slight inflation of prices. We learn about the tremendous unimaginable blood spilled in Betar. We learn about and uh, his reaction to Zechariah's boiling blood before he did shuva. We learn about some uh, great Geirim who came from Ashaim and the uh, story of the children who committed suicide when they were captured to be forced to do Averis. Now, we had just been discussing Titus Harasha and Gamar tells us that Unklis, the son of Klu Mikus, was the nephew of Titus Horasha. And when he wanted to be Megayar, he went and by means of Kishof, he uh, called up the dead and he he spoke to Titus who had been dead already. And he said, um, who's the most chashev in Oylem M's?" He said, Ka'i Yisrael. So he said, what do you think that I uh, go ahead and join them? Yeah. So Titus says, they have a ton of mitzvahs. You're not going to be able to keep them. It's better for you to go out and attack them because this, this way you'll still be a leader. The Putsk says, le You see, even Titus Rosh is just quoting him. He learns that anybody who's Messiah, Claudius Yisrael, ends up being the head. And so he said, uh, So how's Jordan uh, going, Titus? What's going on with you up there in Shemayim? He says, Well, I got what I asked for every day. They, uh, if you recall, he asked before he died that he should be burnt and his ashes should be spread throughout the seven seas. He gets that every single day. Next, Titus went to Bilamaraja. and he said, "Who's the most chashv in the next world?" Bilam said, Kai Yisrael." So, should I go? Should I join them? Nah. Bilam says, don't, don't do anything good for the Jews. So he said, "What's going on with you up there in Shemayim?" Bilam says, "Well, I'm I'm being boiled in shechvazera." Third, he goes to Poiseh so Yisrael. I say this referring to Yeshu Hanegidah. And uh, the censors took that out. But he said, So uh, what's going on up there in Shemaim? Who's the most Khashiv? Kalal Yisrael. Should I join them? Ayash himself was actually Jewish. He said, Try to do good by the Jews. Don't try to uh, do bad by them. Because anybody who tries confronting Kalal Yisrael, it's like he's poking out his own eyes. He said, So Uncleus asks Yeshu, what's going on with you and Shema'im? He says, I'm being boiled in tzoya, an excrement. Because we learned, that says that anybody who makes fun of the uh, words of Chachamim, he, his din is to be boiled in excrement. And the Gemara points out, look at the difference between the uh, non-Jewish Mummer and the Goyim, how they uh, held recommended engaging with Israel. Even though Yeshu was very far gone, he still uh, encouraged Dunkless to be Magyar. And Abraeser Abelazar says, yesterday we spoke about the story of Kamso Barakamso, he says, because of the Bushah that had such a Koyach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that Barakamso was so embarrassed by getting kicked out of the party, Hashem helped him in taking down the destroying the base of Mikdash and burning the Hechol. Now the second story that the Gemara said was something about a, a chicken and a female chicken that destroyed Tur Malka, Har Ha-Melech. What is this Har Ha-Melech? What happened over there? Well, they used to have a minug that whenever there was a chosan and kala, they would bring out a, a, a male and female chicken. Chicken is also referred to as a so it's uh, reminiscent of a person and it's a school of, as if they're saying a you should have many children like chickens. Now one day there was a military troop that came, a Roman brigade that came through and they took these chickens. And they got so angry, we're stealing our wedding chickens and they attacked this group. And uh, the brigade came back to the Caesar and said, hey, the Jews are attacking us. So the Romans came and attacked the Jews there was one particular jew there who was so strong he was able to jump a, a meal like a mile and kill all of the uh, attacking romans the caesar took off his crown he put it down on the ground and he said don't let one person kill my entire army just because i have one person who's so strong and he got in trouble for saying the puzzle that Hashem isn't fighting our wars. The Gemara says, hold on, that's just a quote from Tehillim. David Malach said that. Yeah, but David Malach said it in wonderment. Like, do you really think that Hashem isn't fighting our wars? Because he spoke out chutzbedik against Hashem, when he went to the bathroom, a snake went in and tore out his intestines and he died. Now, when the Caesar heard that his general had died because of, through this, this miraculous way, he said, you know what, I'm going to leave you until I am alone. I'm going to leave Har Malach alone, and they got so excited that that this they had their one big warrior took out all the all the Romans and they gave up. So they started partying, they were eating and drinking, and they lit tons of candles in celebration. So much so they were able to see this uh, Beluni coin all the way from, uh, a mile away. So the Caesar said, "But well, now they're just laughing at me. They're they're all excited that they 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 triumphed in the war. I'm going to go back and attack them." Rabasi explains that he uh, elaborates. He tells us that the Caesar sent 300,000 swordsmen onto Har HaMelech, and they killed, just killed people for three days and three nights. On one side of the hill there was this massacre going on and the other side they didn't even know what was happening they were still partying. Now the Gemara brings up Paul's Bola Hashem Veloi Chomal es Kol in Ois Yaakov. Omar Rav says there were 600,000 cities on this Haramelech, Yanaimelech had. And Rav Yudomar says that every single one of these cities had 600,000 residents, except for three. Three of these cities had 1.2 million residents. The three cities were, uh, these three big cities were Kvar Bish, Kvar Shechlayim, and Kvar Dechrayo. Kvar Bish, Bish means like bad, was called that because they weren't good at hosting. And Kvar Shechlayim was called that because they made their parnosa from Shechlayim, from Kress. And Kvar Decharyo was called that, Rabbi Yochanan explains, that their wives used to have boys first and then give birth to a girl, and they didn't have any more children after that. Now, Ula himself said that he saw this city, and it wasn't that big. There wasn't there, you, you, you couldn't even fit six hundred thousand blades of grass. So, this min told Rabbi Chanina, "Yeah, you are lying about how many people live there. They they, they couldn't have fit there." Rabbi Chanina said, "No, no, no. Eretz Israel is called Eretz Tzvi. That just like the skin of a deer is stretched so tight, it doesn't actually fit over its body. You take it off, it can't, but get it back on. So, to Eretz Israel, when Kali Israel moves in, the land expands to fit Bar Israel." And Rav Chilkia Bar Tuvya and Rav Guna Bar they were all sitting and spending some time together. And they said, if anybody has any, any report from Kvar Sechnia Shel Mitzrayim, say it. So one of them began speaking and he said, it was a story with an engaged couple. They were captured by Goyim and the Goyim married them to each other. But the new bride, the kala, told her chassan, "Please don't touch me because we don't, we didn't, we don't have a ksuba. So halachically, we're not married." And Taka he never touched her until the day he died. When he didn't die, they gave a tremendous hespita on him, and they said that he overcame his yitzor more than Yosef at because Yosef that was just one day with by by He was with her, her, her their entire life, and Yosef didn't have to share a bed with by by fire. but this was his wife; they shared a bed. And by Yosef, this was Aisha's party fire. wasn't his wife over here. Technically, this couple, they, they were legally engaged. They, they were just missing Aksuba. And he still was able to control himself, even though he had what to be my rehater, There's another on him, Or rather, another one of these tanoim said, I heard something from the city also. Very, very Hosh of a city. They uh, used to have 40 murdiyus of grain costing a dinar and then there was a little inflation and then it it, it cost a dinar for only 39 so they realized that they have to do khijban and afesh and they checked every single nuance of the city they found that there was one father and son who married a Nara on Yom Kippur so they brought them to Bezdin, gave them uh, Malkus and then the the price went back down the other Amor sitting there said that he heard there was a story there with an individual who wanted to divorce his wife. Another example of how they quickly executed the proper halakha. But the problem was he didn't want to divorce his wife because it was a tremendous ksuba; It would be very expensive. So he threw a party, got everyone to eat and drink, and he lied down his wife with other men in a bed and brought the egg white, which looks similar to Zerah, and put it between them. And then he brought Adim and brought them to Bezdim, claiming that she had been unfaithful to him. So there's a, a certain zokin there, a Talmud of Shamaya Zokin, and he said, his name was Baba Ben Buta, and he said, I have a kabbalah from Shamaya Zokin that there's a, there's a way to tell the difference between an egg white and zera. Then an, an egg white uh, the. the the white of an egg will attach to fire while Sheikh will be pushed away from it. So they did this test and they found out that it was just an egg white and it was all a scam by the husband. So they took him to Besdin, gave him Malchus, and made him pay up his full suba to divorce his wife. Abai tells her, these sound like tremendous people. They're Tadikim, they're so why were they obliterated in this horrific way with the Romans? So the Gemara answers that. They were not misavel on Yerushalayim properly. And the pasuk says Simchus Yerushalayim vegiluba Kol Sisu Anto misois Kol Hamas Aleha. That the sasa and the the joy only comes from those who properly are misabel Ironically, the avelos is what brings the paradoxical joy. Now, the third story that we had mentioned was the side chariot that destroyed Beitay. What happened over there? There was a minug that whenever there was a, a baby boy born, they would plant a cedar tree. Whenever a baby girl was born, they would plant this turnisa tree. And when, they were, when this baby grew up and got married, they would cut down their tree and build a chuppah out of that tree that was planted when they were born. A beautiful minog. Now, one day, the daughter of Caesar was passing through and her wagon broke and she needed some wood to fix her wagon. So she found a random cedar tree, cut it down, and used that for... Fixing her wagon. The problem was, this was a, a cedar tree for, that was planted for a baby. So they got all, the city got all angry and attacked her. She went home, told her her, her, ta- her you know daddy that she was attacked, and the Caesar came and attacked Beitar. Now this was a brutal attack. The pasuk says, "Goda bechori af keren Yisrael." Rav and says, "It was eight thousand war chariots." went into Beitar. when they captured it. They killed men, women, and children until their blood was flowing down into the Yama And the Yama was not nearby. It was a meal away, almost a mile away. And a bracer of says, there were two rivers flowing uh, to and fro. And there, uh, the Chachamun looked at these rivers and realized that a third of them were blood. In a we learned that For seven years, the Goyim who planted their vineyards around in the valleys by Beitar didn't need to fertilize their fields because the blood was so saturated, the ground, that it was a uh, fertilization for seven years. Rebchibar Oven Amr of Yeshua, Ben Karcha, tells us that he heard from a certain Zokin of Yerushalayim that it was in that valley that Nivuzurandon killed 211 ten-thousands of Jews. And in they killed 94 ten-thousands on one stone until their blood flowed and touched the blood of Zachariah, which is Mechaim the Pasuk of Bidomim Nigo. What was that story? Well, Nevuzradon, this general, found the blood of Zachariah. Boiling. And he looked at this at this blood. and Zechariah ben Yoyoda and uh, Surah Yehuda killed him when he was giving them Musser. And he said, what is this blood? And they said, oh, it's just from Karbanus. So he brought all these different blood from different animals and said, it doesn't match this blood. This is not animal blood. He says, if you don't tell me the truth, I'm going to tear off your skin with iron combs so they said well what, what should we tell you we had this Navi and he was giving us dekha, telling us Mili so we killed him and it just, the blood's just been here boiling so Nebuchadnezzar said don't worry guys I'll take care of it and he brought the entire Sanhedrin Gadela, Sanhedrin Kitana, and he killed every single one of them and the blood still boiled he brought boys and girls killed them and the blood still boiled. He brought babies. He brought little children from, from pulled them out of Cheder. And he killed them there. And it's still, the blood was boiling. So Nefizraden tells said, Zachariah, Zachariah, I've killed the best of Klal Yisrael. And you're still not resting. Do you want me to wipe them all out? So the blood stopped boiling. At that moment, Nebuchadnezzar had a hearer He made a kava He said, look, this is one neshama of Zachariah. and all of these neshamas look at what one person has. the Kayach look at all the blood that's being split, spilled what about me what about the person who's killing all these neshamas what's going to happen with me what's, what's your, my, my didn't going to look like he went home, he wrote a star, giving away all his possessions, and he was Megayer. And speaking of Rashoim of, whom of, Megayer, the Bryce says that Naamun was a ger toishov, and was was a ger tzedek. The sons, uh, some of the sons of Haman, uh, the ones that were hung were hung, but the other ones were learning Tairam b'nei Brak. Number four, the grandchildren of Sisra were they, they They taught Children Tyra and Yerushalayim, and the grandchildren of Sancheirav taught Tyra publicly, aka Shmaya veAvtalion. This is what the pasuk means when it says Nosanti domo al sella sois. Now, the pasuk says kol the the Gemara explains that Hakol is referring to Adrinus, the Caesar who killed. 600,000 people in Alexandria in Egypt. It was 1.2 million actually. It was double what came out of Mitzrayim. The Kol Yaakov is referring to Aspasinus the Caesar who killed in Betar 4 million people. Some say 400 million people. Yidden, who were fighting with Bar-Kochva. Fighting against the Romans, that uprising. When the Pesach says, die, that's referring to the Malchus HaRashah, the Romans that destroyed the base of Mikdash and burnt the Heichal and exiled us from, from Eretz Israel. Another ver- interpretation of the Pasik is that like, oh, Kol Kol Yaakov is referring to tefillah. The tefillah only works from the Zerah Yaakov. And the Daim de Esav is referring to war, which is which are won by the children of Esav. This story of Barkhamsa, we, we keep going back to it, but Lazar says, is alluded to in the Pasuk of Beshoit Choyri Lashon Techobe. Next, Yehudah Marav tells us that when the Pesuk says Al Nares Bovos Shemishavu Negamachinu Bezochinu Etziyoin, that's the Akharis Baruch who are telling us about the first and second Korban. The first bias Rishon's destruction is alluded to in Al Nares Bovos Shemishavu Negamachinu, and the second bias is the Zochar Hashem Levinadim Esim Yushaloiim Oru Oru An Ha'Yisoid Ba. Next, Yehudah Marshmol tells us some say it's some some say it's a Brisa. There's a story with four hundred children boys and girls, they were captured, and they were meant to sleep with each other to create more slaves, something like that. They were on a boat. They realized what their captives wanted, captors wanted. So they were trying to figure out if we if we drown ourselves and jump overboard, will we get chaye o'olom So the oldest child, he, he in the Pasuk, he says, the Pasuk says, Omar Hashem, mevashin o'shiv, o'shiv yam. Hashem will save us from, uh, return us from the the, the lion's mouth. And o'shiv mimetsulez yam are for those who drown in the sea. Hashem will give us o'olom when the other kids heard when the, the girls heard this, they immediately jumped overboard. They wanted no part in this. And the boys left, made a cabakhaimer and said, Look, women were more commonly captured. And they're jumping overboard for us. We definitely Kava must jump overboard. And so they followed. And the Pasuk says, We have a, a number of interpretations of this Pasuk. Uh, the first of five is. That's uh, referring to these boys and girls who who jumped off the boat. The second interpretation of Yehuda says it's referring to um, a woman and her seven children who gave up their lives when the Caesar asked them to serve Avadizara. He brought the first child in and said here bow down to he said nope so he killed him brought in the second child and said bow down and he said sorry the Torah says so he took him out and killed him third child he said bow down he said no he says killed him fourth child bow down no he killed him too fifth child said bow down he said no the Caesar killed him as well. The sixth child, he brought him in, says, bow down. He said, no. The Pusuk says, there's no other gods. So he killed the sixth child. The seventh, final child came in and he said, bow down to Revedizar. He said, absolutely not. The Pusuk says, we swore not to follow any other gods, not to do Revedizar. And he swore, that he won't swap us out for another nation. So the Caesar said, Do me a favor, you're, a tiny little ass, you're the last child. I'm going to drop my signet ring, bow down, and pick it up. So he said, It looks like you're not defying me. It looks like you're bowing to the idol. He said, Absolutely not. He said, The little, little child looks at the Caesar, this king, and he says, Kesar, You pathetic creature. You are all worried about your own honor. What about the cover of Hakadosh Baruch So the Caesar sent him out to die as well. Before sending him out, before he he was he executed, this child. His mother asked, "Please let me, you know, give him a kiss before before he he dies." And she told this young child, "She said, 'You're you're going up to Shemayim. I want you to go to Avmavinu, Our our forefather, and Tell him that he did one akeda. He did one was Beach. I did seven. She went up to the roof and jumped off and killed herself. At that moment, a, a baskel came out and said, <sighs> The third, the interpretation of the Pasuk, <speaking in Hebrew> Rabbi ben Levi tells us, that's referring to Mila, done on the eighth day. Rabbi Shimon Lakish understand this Pasuk, the fourth interpretation, he said it's referring to Tamid hachamim, who Perform; they look they uh, display the hilchah shritah on themselves, like Rava says that you could show anything on yourself except for Shrito and negoim. It's a bad school to do that. There are people who fast after learning chulin because there is a good chance that they did, that they, they gestured Shrita on themselves. Fifth interpretation of this pasuk of says it's referring to the tamed who kill themselves over divrei like says that. Taira is only miskayim by someone who kills himself over it. The pasuk says, Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.